Welcome to Tech Talk. Bye. CDT. Welcome to CDT's Tech Talk, where we dish on tech and internet policy and dig into what these policies mean to our daily lives. I'm Brian Wazlowski, and it is time to talk tech. It's National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, which is a great opportunity for us all to think about our digital hygiene and what we are doing to stay safe online. While it's often the huge data breaches or cyber attacks that grab the headlines, some of the most important cybersecurity enhancements can in fact be done at the individual level. I'm joined today by the Executive Director of the National Cybersecurity Alliance, Michael Kaiser, who is going to share some practical tips with us for staying safe online. Welcome, Michael. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So Cybersecurity Awareness Month, it must be crazy for you. Can you tell us a bit about what's going on in October? Well, it's really a month full of activities. Uh, our basic theme for the whole month is our shared responsibility, and we really talk about you know, what everybody can do to make the internet a little more safer, a little more secure, and more trusted. Those are really the elements that we're seeking to uh, enhance on the internet. And we really focus on everybody at every level. So it's the individual home user, to the small and medium-sized business, to families. Uh, and this year we're actually looking at the internet of things as a whole new concept of uh, safety and security that people need to take into consideration, as well as cybersecurity careers. So how are we gonna fill this huge gap in the cybersecurity space uh, in the professional level that really uh, is a daunting problem for America. Wow, that's fantastic. A lot of the resources you just mentioned, they're on your website. I'm impressed by your website. It's staysafeonline.org. Everyone should check that one out. It's .org, correct? .org, correct. Okay, just making sure. So definitely check that out. Um, so today, we're hoping that you'll share some of the basic tips with us. And let's, let's start right up front. Um, your motto is stop, think, connect. What should the average person take from that? Well, really, Stop, Think, Connect is based on the, well, first of all, it's research-based. We developed it with uh, 25 companies and seven federal agencies working together. Uh, That's working no by joke. Yeah, no <laughs> joke. Working by consensus. How about that? Um, to come up with a harmonized message, to have that kind of message that we have. You know, when you think of the other uh, social safety and security messaging, stop, drop, and roll, look both ways before crossing, uh, stop, look, and listen, we wanted to have that kind of simple, harmonized message that we could, everybody could adopt right to be safer and more secure online the message itself is pretty simple stop take security precautions things like software updates or passwords that are better think about what you're about to do online uh, and what might the potential consequences of that be and then the connect piece is really about um, connecting to the internet and uh, with more peace of mind that you've done the things that at least make you somewhat safer and more secure all right, so let's unpack that a little bit. Let's get a little more specific. Sure. You know, at CDT, we talk all all the time about um, the amount of personal information that we share online. What you know, and that could be anything from pictures to you know long posts or you know stuff in dating profiles. What are some of the best ways to protect your personal information online? Well, I think that you know one of the best ways is to just be more aware of what you're actually sharing, right? I mean, so. And that happens at so many different levels on the internet. It happens, you know, in some of the ways, you know, you've already suggested, like, you know, I'm going to put a picture up. Well, what is the content of that picture? I mean, does it have a, is it show your car and the license plate? Is it <laughs> right. being taken place, uh, you know, in front of your, the front door of your house that has the street address? Is it, you know, is it showing that you're, you know, going to classes at a certain university? I mean, what is the content of that picture? Some people don't think of like what they're actually sharing. So, and that pictures is just one element of that, of course. I mean, um, there are other ways that you share. You actually write things, you post things, whether it's on social, 
Um, you respond to other people's posts with maybe personal information. So think about the personal information that you're putting out there. Um, you can control what you post, right? It can't control what other people post very well. Right. And you sometimes can't c control what other people collect about you. But um, you should be aware of what you're sharing of your own. But in those other realms, there are issues too. I mean, I mean, you know, we give this advice all the time. I know that people don't take it, but you got to read and look at the terms and policies, of, you know, the services and the devices that you're using. Uh, if you're really concerned about this, you need to understand um, what is being collected and shared about you. And then also, you know, on the on the social side, um, we see this a lot, you know, that people um, sometimes are concerned about what other people share about them. So they should reach out, especially their friends, and say, hey. You know, I really prefer that you wouldn't tell me tell people that I'm going to the family reunion next weekend, mm -hmm. or that I'm going to be off, you know, in Hawaii. Um, that's I think acceptable now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that um, with like Facebook's detagging, it started to give you a sense that you could control what others posted a little bit. But you're right; a lot of that content doesn't have that sort of detagging feature. So just the conversation, the open, honest conversation with your friends or those who post, yeah, could be helpful. Yes, and and I think you know one of our other kind of ways that we talk about this is like you've got to take some con own your online presence at some level, right? And you can't do that a hundred percent. You know that's impossible. But to the degree that you can use features like detagging on Facebook or change your security settings or safety settings mm -hmm. or privacy settings, that you understand how the services that you use work and how they interact with you as a person and your personal information. I think those are things that just people have to pay attention to. You talked a little bit um, about the pile, the policies that companies have. Um, have you seen any great ones out there? I knew everyone says read them, look at them. You know, there's right. a lot of times I wouldn't say people are trying to get you, but you know, there are kind of third party uses of data that sometimes surprise people. Are there any great models out there we should be looking for? Well, we don't really do that kind of like you know Fair. analysis of those things, but I will say in our research that we've done with people, they tell us what a good policy would contain. And they're, you know, most consumers aren't looking for the long legalese. No. They're looking for just a couple of basic pieces of information. What are you collecting about me? How are you using it? And are there any places where I can control that? And those are good questions that anyone should probably ask when they're thinking about using a service. Yeah, and when they're kind of reversing to, that. And well, saying, yeah, reading through the legalese, yeah. they should try and see if they can suss <laughs> out what that actually means. Someday we'll get out of the legalese, right? <laughs> All right, so let's shift a little bit. We talked about what you're posting online. What about your devices, whether laptops or cell phones? What should we be thinking about in terms of securing those when we're using those in lots of different settings? Yeah, so it really, you know, sometimes it's better to think about this as what's the goal in, in protecting your device? And so we like to say keep a clean machine, right? That the goal that you're trying to achieve is to keep all the devices that you have that connect to the internet free from malware and infections. And that's gonna require a couple different things uh, at different levels. Uh, first of all, obviously in the PC world, we're talking about security software. Mm -hmm. Every PC should have that. And I think most of them do at this point. But it also means updating your um, other critical software. Uh, you know, if you're still you know, back in Windows XP, that's not a good thing, right? I mean, it's not just you know, that it's about like a better operating system. It's about that that's no longer maintained, that, mm -hmm. um, that every upgrade has security, uh, better security built into it. So you need to think about that. It means passcode protecting both laptops and cell phones, um, or you know, if you're using like an Apple device, and even I guess with some other devices now, using the finger swipe, right, um, to protect yourself. It's it's about using multi-factor authentication, which is I know a complicated word, but uh, we actually advocate for that at CDT. So feel free to sh to share what that is. Yeah, I mean, some are doing it great. I. We could, you know, tout Twitter. They actually have a very nice two-factor authentication 
for just logging in and making it very simple to make sure that it is in fact you and all it really is from our side is you have the password but then you're also sent either to your email or to your phone a code and then you enter that and then you log in so it's two-factor yeah so it's two-factor and you know I think so when you think about the security of the device it, you can't separate it from the security of your accounts right because that's right. what you're accessing out of your device you know you're point. going on your Facebook page you're going into your Gmail you're going into whatever it is that you're using and so that second factor is usually something you know or you have so you have your logon and your password those are kind of the common things and then you get something else. It could be like you're saying an SMS text to your phone. Um, a lot of services use that. Uh, it could be, um, you know, uh, Facebook has sort of what they call logon approvals, which maybe some people have seen when you log on to a new device. Sure. It will send you an email that says, "Hey, whoa, somebody just logged into this device. Was that you?" You know, if it wasn't, you know, quickly <laughs> notify, us, yeah. notify us. Yeah. <laughs> um, they have also like a social uh, authentication that you might see from time to time, where they'll tell you if you're trying to do something different to. Um, pick out of a group of pictures which one I is have your seen friends. That. Yes. So these are all like really creative That's ways. That's tough on Facebook though because if you have too many friends you can't remember if they're your friends. You're like, hmm. Well the hardest is when they show you like <laughs> a picture of your friend from 30 years ago. Like That's who you cruel. Would yeah, that's but you get a lot of choices. You know, you get a lot of options to change it. But you know, <laughs> so it's, but at the heart of that is account security, right? And so when you think about it from our perspective, the most important account that you have to protect is your email. And so implementing it on email um, and it's really easy on all the major email accounts have it, you know, I mean, Google, you know, yeah. um, Outlook, uh, Yahoo Mail, because your email is where you reset all your accounts. So when you forget That's your great password, great right, point. what do you do? Oh, you go to the site, I forgot my password. What do they do? They email you a link to reset your password. So securing that account, I mean, and a lot of people think, oh, my bank account, well, yeah, your bank account's really important and other accounts are really important, but your email is actually your control center for most people. So if you're gonna do it anywhere, do it on email. That is really, really good advice. So let's talk a little bit about um, you know, attacks, like malicious attacks. Are there common ones that just a general person should be looking for, whether that be phishing, or what are the ones we should be aware of? I still think that sort of the most common, you know, the regular home, everyday user is gonna face is the attempt by some bad guy to give them personal information in some way, shape, or form that would allow access to either their machine by in, uh, putting you know malicious software on there, um, or by um, cracking and getting personal information that might allow them to get into other accounts. So that's going to happen through phishing a lot. Phishing is still a predominant way that these attacks happen. Um, the fishers, you know, the the people sending out these emails are getting more sophisticated and more sophisticated. I want to remind people that phishing does not just happen on email, however. It can happen in social, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, people's accounts get taken over, somebody posts something. I mean, the classic one that everybody's seen, I think most people are defended are, you know, I'm stuck in London kind of post, you know, send me money. But they can be more, much more sophisticated than that. I think we've all probably have had friends who've had their accounts hacked. Absolutely. Or, you know, one of the kinds you see is like, oh, I had to open a new account and I need to add you as a friend again. You know, that's a very common kind of phishing uh, attack in the social space. Um, they can happen in texts, right? You can get a text post um, that looks like click on this link, mm -hmm. right, on your phone. Uh, could look like it comes from a legitimate source. Uh, you can even get a voice, you know, you can even get a call, right, you know, that tries to um, voice fish you or, you know, in some way, shape or form. So you got to be on the lookout always for people who are trying to collect your personal information and sort of our way we kind of like to frame this, we like to make things simple for people <laughs> at the National Cybersecurity Alliance. We're like, when in doubt, throw it out. 
I think that's great advice. I mean, there's kind of this or you know, the smell test when you think about it. Does this is this the way your friends would normally act? Right. Is this an email you would normally get? It's really, really useful. It's helped, it saved me a few times, certainly. Yeah, and the traditional advice has been don't click on links, you know, don't click on attachments, don't click on these things. And so that's true. That's the best way to protect yourself, but that's how we use the internet. Right. <laughs> so, so when you give people advice to don't do something that you know that they need to do, want to do, and also makes their life better, like, you know, if you were to send me, like, this is the great article I just saw on cybersecurity, you should really read it. I mean, I want to click on that link, right? Yeah. I mean, and so we have to, you're right, the smell test, you know, the suspicion, you know, just have a, a level of suspicion is, is fine on the internet. It's a good thing. Awesome. So let's shift to something that's very near and dear to me, travel. Um, all of us, whether even when we're not traveling, sometimes we're just walking around town, you know, log into that free Wi-Fi. Any risks here? What should we be thinking about when you're on Wi-Fi, whether on your cell phone or your laptop? So I would say that Wi-Fi connections are really one of actually the biggest risk vectors that most people uh, interact with every day. I'm sure they're getting emails oh and those kinds of things. But you know, open, you know, public Wi-Fi is that it's public. You don't know who else is on that network. You don't know what they can actually see of the traffic that you're transmitting across that network. Um, you know, you don't know um, what they might be trying to sniff out on your computer or to get onto your computer. So um, this is again one of those issues that we face in the daily life with the internet. We want to be connected all the time. Um, we don't necessarily want to be using our data plan on our phone if we no, don't have to do it. No, especially if you're abroad. Oh my goodness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you want to connect to the internet. So there's a couple of things that people can do to be safer in that regard. First of all, um, remember that your cell phone, your mobile phone connection to the internet is much safer than a regular Wi-Fi connection. So um, if you really need to connect to a critical account uh, while you're on the go, um, I would recommend that you do it right off your phone. It's always safer. Um, even because just think of it that your cell phone is actually like I mean it's not dial-up connection but it is a phone number into the internet right. basically and it is a direct connection up into the network as opposed to connecting to a broader uh, piece of the network like being a Wi-Fi um, other ways that you can do this traveling more safely and securely include um, if you need to so there's things called virtual public networks sure. private networks excuse me um, VPNs and uh, they create a private session even inside a public Wi-Fi session into the internet. Now, some of those come with, you know, cost money, but you, in all of cybersecurity, it's always about risk management, right? What am I doing? What do I need to do? What's the risk inherent in what I'm, what I'm doing? And what would be the potential damage should I do this and it not go well, right? So if you need to do banking on the go, then you need to consider like a virtual private network or, you know, some people have MiFi devices or they can use their phone to become a hotspot. Mm -hmm. right? Again, this requires money if you have a data plan. But if security is important to you, then you need to take those into consideration. That's some great advice. So we're going to wrap it up here. Um, but I want to wrap it up with your notion of a good online citizen. I love that notion. Um, and your concept is that we all play a role in keeping everyone safe online. So can you unpack that for me a little bit? What does it mean to be a good online citizen? Well, I think for us it starts with a really simple concept that everything you do to be safer online makes the internet more secure for everyone else. And that notion is that we're only as strong as the weakest link on the internet. And so if yours ends up being the computer that gets infected with a botnet and then is sending spam to the rest of the internet, or malicious software directing people to bad websites, 
you know, you're, you're not really um, being a good online citizen. But that also means being respectful. It means, you know, only posting about other people as you would have them post about you. It's the golden rule on the internet, just like it is off the internet. Absolutely. Um, it's thinking about, you know, the, the kinds of ways that you treat people online uh, and respect people. And I think from our perspective, it also means being good online citizen means some, you know, keeping up with the news, right? Because this is a rapidly changing environment. Um, and that doesn't mean that you have to follow every single scam that's out there, because I think that's impossible, right? And I think, you know, you can't know every single scam, but you know, you need to be aware of the kinds of things and the kinds of risks that are changing, like with things like IoT, the kinds of information that is, you know, being collected and used about you. And, you know, just, you know, participate in the digital community in a productive way. That's some great advice. Thank you so much for joining us, Michael. We'd love to have you back later in the month. Will you come back for us? Oh, I'd love to be back. Oh, it's great. A great conversation. I think there's so many tips, so we'll have them on later in October. Thank you so much. That was Michael Kaiser from the National Cybersecurity Alliance. And again, you should visit his wonderful website, staysafeonline.org. That's it for this week's CDT Tech Talk. You can find more information about today's topics at www.cdt.org. As always, tweet us any questions you have or topics you'd like us to cover to at Thanks for listening.